I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast looking at trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. Today we'll be looking at chapter 18 of Twilight, titled The Hunt. So pretty much where we left off, they were playing the baseball game and everyone's like, haha, this is so fun. And then Alice is like, whoopsie daisy guys, I, I screwed up. Those hunter people who I saw coming, they're actually coming right now, not like next weekend or whatever, like I thought. And Edward's like, oh shit, I'm so sorry, Bella. Shit's going down. Put your hair down because we need to cover up your human smell. And so she starts the chapter off really moody. She says, they emerged one by one from the forest edge ranging a dozen metres apart. Like, ooh, this is getting interesting. Although there's only three of them, so saying one by one sort of makes it seem like there's a lot more than just three. But anyway, the first male into the clearing, he falls back, and then another male takes the front, and Bella's like, oh, we can clearly see who the leader of the pack is here. And then there's a third person, which was a woman, and she had a startling shade of red hair. And Bella gets all David Attenborough on us. She says, They closed ranks before they continued cautiously towards Edward's family, exhibiting the natural respect of a troop of predators as it encounters a larger, unfamiliar group of its own kind. So you can tell Bella just spends her time watching like animal documentaries about lions and stuff because she's like, Oh, I see this behavior. Yeah, I watched that on Animal Planet. I get it. But she says they dressed in the ordinary gear of backpackers, jeans and casual button-down shirts in heavy weatherproof fabrics. Their clothes were frayed and they were barefoot. And I think it's just funny because remember how Bella said in the cafeteria all those times when she was describing the Cullens that she would only describe their face because she never actually noticed what they were wearing because their faces were too beautiful. And she's like, oh, wow, didn't even realize they were wearing clothes. But for these three, they mustn't be as pretty because she's clocking their clothes. And then Carlisle, Emmett and Jasper walk forward. And she says, they straightened into a more casual erect bearing. (laughs) And I just, whenever you can get the word erect into a book, like, more power to you. And Bella just describes them, because we love describing people. So she says, the man in the middle was the most beautiful, which I think it's interesting that Bella's judging them on their beauty and comparing them, but go off, sis. He's got skin that's olive-toned beneath the typical pallor. So he's, he's both got the paleness of a vampire, but he's also olive toned. Hmm. And she says he had hard muscle, but nothing next to Emmett. Because again, she's got to compare people. She's running her own hot or not list in her head. Like she's playing a would you rather game in her head. And the woman was wilder. Her eyes were shifting restlessly between the men. And her hair was chaotic, just quivering in the breeze. 
and she had a distinctly feline posture. (laughs) And then the second male, he was just hovering behind them. He had light brown hair and regular features, you know, just nondescript because she's run out of describing words to use. So she thought, you know what? We don't need to describe everybody. But Bella does narrate that his eyes, though completely still, somehow seemed the most vigilant. We need to give credit to Bella for the way she's describing everything. Like you'd think this would be the most terrifying moment of her life, but she remembers everything. And maybe that's the thing, like, you know, when you go through traumatic events, you do have a better memory of stuff and you do notice things you wouldn't normally notice. But Bella's always been very good at noticing people's eye movements from across a giant field. Like, remember this field's the size of like 12 baseball fields, apparently. But she's like, ah, I can see the strands of hair in that one. And I can see that one staring at this one. It's like she already has vampire vision, but whatever. And speaking of eyes, their eyes weren't gold or black, but they were a deep burgundy color, which was more sinister to her. So she loves putting the connection between people's eyes and their character. So this is interesting. So guys, if you haven't figured it out by now, these people mean business. You should be shit scared. And so then the leader guy speaks up. And he says, we thought we heard a game, but he has a slight French accent. So it's like, we thought we heard the game. <laughs> no, it's slight. We thought you heard the game. <laughs> that just makes me sound like Borat. And so Carlisle's like, this is my family, Emmett and Jasper, Rosalie, Esme and Alice, Edward and Bella. And like pointing everyone out. And Bella's like, oh, he mentioned me. <laughs> like she says, she felt a shock when he said his name. Like, Bella, this isn't what the point is at the moment. Concentrate. And Laurent is like, do you have a room for a few more players? And Carlisle's like, no, we're just finishing up, guys. But maybe another time. Which is totally what you say when you run into someone on the street that you haven't seen in ages. And you guys are like, oh, it's so good to see you. We should totally catch up. And the other person's like, yeah, totally. Let's catch up. Let's get drinks or something. And then you never get drinks or something because you don't want to catch up. It's just something you both say so you can exit the interaction. That's what's happening here. And Carlos like, you guys staying long? And Laurent's like, we were thinking of going north. <laughs> and they say how they're pretty much interested in seeing if there's any other vampires around. And the Cullens are like, oh, no, you know what? This area is pretty bare. And Laurent's like, oh, yeah, where, where do you guys go hunting? And they're like, oh, you know, up and down, up and down the coast. You know how we be. And they say that they keep a permanent residence nearby. And Laurent's like, oh, wow, permanent. How do you manage that? And Carlos's like, why don't you come back to our place? And we'll tell you the whole story. And while this is happening, Bella notices that the tense atmosphere is just like a bit more casual now. And she's like, that must be Jasper. And I really need Jasper to just dial up his skills a notch because things are about to go to shit in a minute. And if he just had a better control on everyone's emotions, well, the book might have ended differently. But let's, let's progress through the chapter. And Laurent is like, that sounds great. We were just on the hunt all the way down from Ontario and we haven't had a chance to clean up in a while. And that's, and that's pretty far away. Like Ontario's on the eastern side of Canada and now they're on the western side of the Canada-United States area. So good long trek for them. And to do it barefoot, like that's, that's no easy feat. Why are they barefoot, by the way? Like I know they can run really fast regardless of what runners they wear, but... Surely you'd want to avoid getting a blister or like stepping on a splinter or something like protect your feet. So Carlisle says to them, don't be offended guys, but we'd really like it if you didn't hunt in this immediate area. We just, you know, want to keep inconspicuous. 
And Laurent's like, oh, of course, we wouldn't want to encroach on your territory. We just ate outside of Seattle anyway. And then he laughed. And then Bella has a shiver run up her spine. And then three things happen simultaneously. So Bella's hair ruffles with the light breeze. (laughs) Hilarious that it's just a light breeze, even though there was a thunderstorm happening above them. Is the thunderstorm still happening? We haven't had an update on the weather yet, which is very unlike Stephanie. So... So I'm going to assume that there's still a thunderstorm happening above, which is why it's very surprising that there's a very light breeze ruffling Bella's hair. But the breeze flows through Bella's hair and it seems like James catches a whiff and Edward stiffens. And so James whipped his head around and he's scrutinizing Bella with his nostrils flaring. And then all of them turn rigid because James takes a step forward into a crouch towards Bella. And then Edward bears his teeth and crouches in defense with a feral snarl. And Laurent's like, what's this? And Carlisle's like, ah, oh, she's with us. Don't worry about her. And Laurent caught less of a scent off of Bella compared to James. But then awareness dawns on him and he's like, you brought the snack. <laughs> you brought some fromage. And don't you think Edward asking Bella to put her hair down at the end of last chapter was the biggest fucking mistake of all because it did not help. I said it. I said last chapter when Edward told Bella to put her hair down, I was like, but I thought her hair smelled like strawberries. And we know she just washed it. She just washed it last night at the sleepover, remember? Because she went to go take a dump and then she, she was in a rush, so she washed her hair. So I at the time thought it was silly, but that was clearly Stephanie Meyer just setting up what would happen a few chapters later with her fresh smelling strawberry hair. Wow, she's a genius. Stephanie Meyer is a bloody literary genius. We should rename this podcast Breaking Down Fantastic Books because, wow, she planted that seed, she waited for it to grow, and here it is blooming. But yes, dumb of Edward to be like, put your hair down, babe. (laughs) What What did that achieve, Edward, you stupid, stupid man? And Carlisle's like, hey, I said she's with us. And Laurent's like, bah, she's sûrement. And then Emmett's piping up because he's like, yes. And he's staring James down. And you just know Emmett's ready for a fight. Emmett's the guy you want in your corner. And he's like, I don't even care if I'm on your side or not. I just want to fight. And that's, that's who you want to be your second in a duel. Not pissy Edward. Pissy scrawny Edward. What's he going to do? But James straightens out of his crouch. But his eyes are still trained on Bella. And then Laurent is trying to soothe the situation because he's like, it appears we have, it appears we have a lot to learn about each other. <laughs> and I'm thinking, hey, Jasper, do you want to dial up your skills a notch, please? We've got, we've got a hostile situation here. We've got Laurent trying to appease people. Can't you just like send out some soothing tones or make them feel full, make them feel uninterested? Alice and Jasper, the two most useless people in these books. But Laurent's like, of course we'd love to accept your invitation. (laughs) I can't do a French accent. And he says, yeah, we won't harm the human girl. And then James looks at Laurent with disbelief and aggravation in his eyes. And Victoria's flicking her eyes between the two of them, just fish out of water looking useless. And so Carlisle's like, cool, let's show you the way. So he calls like Jasper, Rosalie and Esme to go with him to, to lead them to the Cullens house. Meanwhile, Emma and Alice and Edward like cover Bella. 
and like head her off towards the Jeep. So she's pretty much standing there transfixed and Edward has to sort of tug on her elbow to get her to move. And then Alice and Emmett were close behind her, hiding her from view. And I don't know what point that serves. They've already seen her. No need to play hide and seek at this moment. And so they're walking to the forest's edge and Edward's feeling really impatient. And so they, once they get into the cover of the trees, Edward puts her on his back (laughs) and starts to run off. But why were they still maintaining the charade that she's not a vampire on the walk to the forest's edge? James has already clocked that she's a human. They've had open discussion with Laurent that she's a human. But they're just like, let's not let them see her get piggybacked. That would just tip everyone off. Like, it's too late. Like, you can't, you can't squirt the toothpaste back into the tube, guys. And so Edward runs through the forest back to the jeep. We don't get a whole thing about how Bella feels sick and she gets vertigo. We skip over that. Apparently she's immune to that now because she's got other things to worry about. And Edward says to Emmett, strap her in. <laughs> so Edward, Alice, Emmett and Bella drive off in the jeep. And Edward's growling something too fast for her to understand, but she thinks it sounds like a string of profanities. (laughs) And then once they get on the road, Bella notices that they're heading south, away from Forks. And she's like, wait a minute, where are we going? And no one answers. And she says, damn it, Edward, where are you taking me? And he says, bitch, we need to get you the fuck out of here. And apparently he's going 105 miles an hour. And yes, she spells it out instead of writing the numerals, a hundred and five miles an hour. And Bella's like, what? You've got to turn around, aren't you silly? Charlie gave me a curfew, remember? And she starts tugging at her harness. Cause like, what are you going to do? Take your seatbelt off and jump out of the car when it's going 105 miles an hour. Like, come on, Bella. And Edward's like, Emmett. And so Emmett like grips Bella's hands and pins her into the seat. And she says, no, Edward, you can't. And he says, I have to, Bella. And she says, but when I'm not home, Charlie will call the FBI and they'll be all over your family. Poor Carlisle and Esmail, they'll have to leave and hide forever. And I'm thinking, who gives a shit? Like how many years did they really have left in Forks? A couple? Like they were going to graduate high school and then people were going to start noticing they weren't aging. Like they had a short shelf life anyway. Who gives a shit? Let them pack up and move. Why is Bella so worried about them? Like they're literally going to live forever. They're going to move a lot of houses in their time. So who gives a shit if they give up their three-story high-ceilinged west west window-facing palace? Also hilarious that Charlie will call the FBI considering he is himself a cop. <laughs> and Edward says, calm down, Bella. We've been there before, bitch. And she says, not over me, you don't. You're not ruining everything over me. And oh my goodness... And Alice is like, you know what, Edward, pull over. And Edward flashes her a hard look. And it's not explained explicitly what that hard look is about, but I can imagine Edward thinking something along the lines of, fuck you, Alice, you got us into this mess. You're a shit fortune cookie. And really, at this point, who would ever trust Alice ever again? Not me. Not me. If that bitch sees anything coming, I'd be taking up the grain of salt. And Edward's like, you don't understand, he's a tracker. Alice, did you see that? He's a tracker. And he says C in italics. So you can tell he's given her a bit of chewed, being like, you don't see much, do ya? Huh? And then Emmett stiffens at the word tracker. He's like, oh no, a tracker. 
And Bella's like, that's interesting. They all seem to be reacting differently to the word tracker than I do. It must mean something to them. And I'm like, it means tracker. Think it through, Belle. What else could tracker possibly mean? He will track you. Where's the room for misinterpretation? A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And she says, I wanted to understand, but there was no opening for me to ask. Is this really at the top of your question and answer list at the moment, Bella? Like, that's your priority. And Alice says again, she says, pull over, Edward. And Bella was narrating that the speedometer had neared 115, but when Alice spoke, he inched past 120. So now she's not even saying 120, she's just saying 120. It's like, if you're going to write out your numbers, be consistent. She says, do it, Edward. And he says, Alice, I saw his mind. Tracking is his passion, his obsession, and he wants her, Alice, her specifically. He begins the hunt tonight. And Alice says, he doesn't know where. And he says, well, how long do you think it will take him to cross her scent in town? And Bella's like, oh my goodness, my scent? That'll lead him straight to Charlie. You can't leave Charlie at home. And Alice is like, she's right. And then the car slows down. And Alice is like, come on, let's just look at her options for a minute. And then the car slows down even more. And then suddenly screeches to a stop on the shoulder of the highway. (laughs) And because they went to such a sudden stop, Bella gets whiplash. She flies against the harness and then slams back into her seat. (laughs) So Edward, even if your girlfriend doesn't die by the end of tonight, like she's going to have a sore neck and that's on you. And Edward's like, there are no options. And Bella's like, I'm not leaving Charlie. And Emmett's like, we have to take it back. And Edward says, no. And Emmett's like, mate, he's no match for us. We can take James on. Which I agree. 
What's all this talk about fleeing? Just fucking fight them. It's three vampires. You're like seven vampires. The odds are in your favour, guys. And Edward's like, you don't see because he'll wait for her. Once he commits to a hunt, he's unshakable. We'll have to kill him. And Emmett's like, yeah, that's kind of what I meant. And Edward's like, well, the girl will go with him and the leader will too if it comes down to a fight. And Emmett's like, yeah, that's still only three of them. We're like seven. And Alice says, there's another option, you know. And Edward's like, there is no other option. He's just at the end of his rope with Alice. He's taken it personally that Alice fucked up so bad. And don't blame him. And then Alice and Edward just stare at each other, not saying anything. (laughs) And... Bella slash Stephanie does my favorite thing where she says the silence lasted for a long minute. Bitch, a minute's a minute. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Stop quantifying how long or short a minute is. It's literally 60 seconds. (laughs) But no, the silence lasts for a minute. And then Bella breaks it and she says, does anyone want to hear my plan? And Edward says, no. (laughs) And Bella's like, listen, this is what we're going to do. You take me back. I tell dad I want to go home to Phoenix. I pack my bags. We wait till James is watching and then we run. And what he'll do is he'll follow us and leave Charlie alone. And Charlie won't call the FBI on you and your family. And then you can take me wherever the hell you want. And they all stare at her stunned like this is the greatest idea they've ever heard. Emmett's like, you know what? That's not really a bad idea. And Alice is like, ah, it could work. It could work. And... We're in a car with one person who can read James's mind, one person who can see James's future actions, and one person that could kill James single-handedly. And we're going to listen to the dumb human who doesn't even know what a tracker is? That doesn't sit right with me. And I mean, it does take some convincing. Edward's like, nah, it's too dangerous. I don't want him close to her at all. And Alice thinks for a minute and she says, I don't see him attacking. He'll try to wait for us to leave her alone. Oh, really, Alice? Is that what you see? And meanwhile, Bella's piping in being like, I demand you to take me home. (laughs) And Edward's like, I haven't listened to you this far. I'm not going to listen to you now, sweetie. But no, Edward says, you're leaving tonight, whether the tracker sees or not. Hilarious that they're calling him the tracker. They know his name. He's called James, but they're referring to him as the tracker. Because they're extra. The Cullens are extra. There's no other way to describe them. And he says, okay, you tell Charlie that you can't stand another minute in Forks. Tell him whatever story works. Pack the first things your hand touch and then get in your truck. And I don't care what he says. You've got 15 minutes. Do you hear me? 15 minutes. And that was literally her idea. She, she just told you that she would go and tell Charlie that she didn't want to be in Forks. And that then she would pack her bags and leave. And now you're just repeating that in different words, pretending like it's your idea. Edward's that guy. Edward's that guy that will steal a good idea and pass it off as his own. Even though it's not a good idea, it's a terrible idea. Like, why do you have to hurt Charlie's feelings in the process? I never understood that. Like, just to protect Carlisle and Esme's reputation in the town of Forks? Wah. And that just says a lot about Bella. She'd rather protect... Carlisle and Esme's reputation than protect her father's feelings. Because really, what's the worst that would happen to Carlisle and the, and the Cullens? They'd have to leave town. Big fucking what? Get a fake ID, go to a different part of the world. But now she's just really out here being like, well, I guess Charlie will have to suffer. What a bitch. 
And at this point, Bella's like, um, Emmett. And she looks down at her hands and he's like, oh, sorry. And then he like lets her wrists loose. I was like, that poor girl this whole time is being pinned to her chair. And then a few minutes pass in silence. Gonna assume they're regular minutes, not super long minutes. And Edward's like, this is what's going to happen. We'll get to the house. If the truck is not there, I'll walk her to the door. Then she's got 15 minutes. Meanwhile, Emmett, you'll be outside the house. Alice, you'll be in the truck. I'll be inside. And then after she's out, you two take the Jeep home and go and tell Carlisle. And Emmett says, no way, I'm sticking with you. And thank you, Emmett. Splitting up is the worst idea. Like everyone in a horror movie, whoever splits up dies. You don't split up. What is this compulsion for people in situations like this to split up? You have the numbers advantage. You've already lost the numbers advantage. You should have right there and then, if you read his mind so well, Edward just jumped James and tore his throat out. You had the numbers, mate. And Emmett's like, I'm sticking with you. Great. And Edward's like, oh, fine. But if the tracker is there, we're going to keep driving and not visit Charlie. Stop calling him the tracker. And then Alice says confidently, we're going to make it there before him. Bitch, you have no right to be confident about anything. But Edward accepts that. So he's changed his tune from the start of the Jeep drive when he was really anti-Alice. Now he's like, all right, if Alice says we'll make it first, I believe her. And, and then there's more of a fight about who gets to drive the Jeep or the truck. Like, Bella's always insisting that she drive. And Edward's like, oh, Bella, just for this fucking once, can you just let me have my way? And like, Edward, you always get your way. But I agree. Like, can she just drop the whole, like, I want to drive the truck. You drive too fast stuff. Like we've got bigger fish to fry at the moment. Speaking of fish to fry. I still haven't Googled what fish fry is. (laughs) Must do that. Must do that. Maybe next week. And Bella's like, you should let me go alone. Why would, why would you be alone when you've got a tracker after you? A tracker. I mean, if he was anything else but a tracker, sure, it would have been fine. But this is what he does. He tracks people, Bella. How is she not getting the importance of him being a tracker? Bella's like, come on, Charlie's not an idiot. If you're not in town tomorrow, he's going to get suspicious of you. Uh, and, And Edward says that that's irrelevant. And Edward, you are so right. It's irrelevant. It's not like the Cullens don't have anywhere to go. They were just telling us last chapter that they like to hang out with those people in Alaska. Edward visited them a few months ago. Like, just go there for a while and regroup and then find somewhere else cloudy. And Bella's like, you know, this tracker, he saw the way you acted tonight, Edward. He's going to think you're with me no matter where I am. And Emmett again's like, oh God, Edward, I think she's right. Let's listen to the dumb human. Edward's like, I can't leave her. But Bella's like, I think you should leave me. And I think Emmett should stay back in town too, because James really got an eyeful of Emmett. And yeah, he probably also got an eyeful of everyone else. They're they're vampires. There was eight of you in a field. It's not like he ignored the other four. Why are we relying on Bella for logic in this chapter? (laughs) And Alice is like, you know what? Jasper and I will take her into hiding. That's a great idea. And Edward's like, I can't do that. But this time there was a trace of defeat in his voice. And the, and Bella narrates that the logic was working on him. And would we call it logic? It's a dumb plan. Splitting up 
is always the wrong move. Bella's like, yeah, you know what? Just hang out for a week. Charlie will then see you haven't kidnapped me. James will be on a wild goose chase. He'll be completely off my trail. And then just come get me. (laughs) And Edward's like, hmm. And he says, but where will you be going? Where will I meet you? And she says, Phoenix, obviously, duh. And he's like, Phoenix, he'll know you're going to Phoenix. He'll hear where you're going. And she says, ah, but it'll look like a ruse. She's like, obviously he'll know that we know that he's listening. And so he'll never believe that I'm going where I actually say I'm going. And Emmett's like, diabolical. And, and no, no, it's not. This whole hiding in plain sight thing doesn't work when you've got a tracker. Why would she think it's safer to hide in Phoenix when she says she's hiding in Phoenix than, say, hiding in Timbuktu? Hide in North Korea. James won't be able to track you to North Korea. Like, uh, uh, no, 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 I'll just just go to Renee's house. He'll never think to find me there. What the fuck? Oh, wait, no, sorry. She, She doesn't say she'd go home because she says she's old enough to get her own place. And no one calls her up on that. Like... Does, does bitch have enough for Bond? Does she have references for a real estate agent? No. Does she have an income? Does she have like pay slips for the past four fortnights that you need when you apply for a house? Like, no, no, she's got none of that. She doesn't have a job. She's got no prospects. And like, is she going to apply for somewhere in her own name? Like, you'd want to think she'd at least be assuming a false identity by this point. No, no, she's old enough. And everyone just, everyone just lets it slide. Emmett's like, oh, okay. And Alice is like, yeah, Jasper and I will be with you, Bella. That'll be great. We'll we'll shack up in a hotel and help you find a nice place and we'll pick out a nice rug. Yeah, Emmett's just like, you know what? It's a good plan. I like it. And Edward says, shut up, Emmett. <laughs> Which I like. Edward's got some spunk. And Emmett's like, nah, nah, it makes sense, you see. Because if we try and take him down now, it's just more likely that someone will get hurt. But... If we isolate him and get him alone, and then he trails off with a slow smile and Baron narrates, I was right. And no, because you won't be getting him alone. Edward's already established that the red-headed girl is going to stick with him. And Laurent might as well. So they're all just destroying my life with the logic behind this plan. Let's split up and go exactly where we say we're going to go. And she's not even bringing Emmett. He's the strong one. She's bringing useless Alice and useless Jasper. Oh boy, oh boy. Jasper, the young one that is probably most likely to kill her himself. Are they forgetting that they themselves are a danger to her? Oh my God. And then Edward says to Bella, like he's come around and he says, you know what, Bella, if you let anything happen to yourself, anything at all, I'm holding you personally responsible. Do you understand that? (laughs) I don't even know how to process that. That's just very aggressive. And if anything happens to you, meaning she's going to die, he's going to hold her responsible. Well, she'll be dead, mate. She won't care. But she says yes. And she gulps. Take a drink every time she gulps. And Edward's like, can Jasper handle this? And Alice says, yeah, give him a break. He's doing great. And then he says, well, can you handle this? And so Alice pulls back her lips in a grimace and lets a guttural snarl out, which leaves Bella cowering against the seat in terror. (laughs) I know you had to prove a point, Alice, but did you really have to leave Bella a quivering mess in the front seat? Like, stop scaring the poor girl. She's had a big day. 
She's had a big weekend, really. God, it's been a long time since we were intrigued with Jess and Mike Newton. Thank God we're not, but it's been a long time. She's gone through a lot. Maybe don't growl and scare her, okay? So then Edward smiles at Alice and says, but keep your opinions to yourself. Which I guess he's just read something in Alice's mind, which was a negative opinion of Edward, and he's like, keep it to yourself. And that's the end of the chapter, which was an odd thing for us to end on. She loves to just end on a thought that we're not privy to. (laughs) Share it with the class. What's Alice's opinion? Not that we should take any stock in what Alice says, because she's fucking useless. Anyway, that's the chapter. Oh boy, a lot of talking. A lot of talking in a car, but the start was exciting. As much as I hated the plan that come together, which isn't really much of a plan, it's barely a plur. Anyway, next chapter is called Goodbyes. And guys, this is going to be when she, like, breaks Charlie's heart. I'm not looking forward to that. I still don't know why that was, like, the first idea was to break Charlie's heart and say she's leaving town. And everyone just accepted that and rolled with it. And I was like, can we not brainstorm other options? Maybe. But no, that's the plan they've come up with. We're going to split up and go to the most obvious place. (sighs) So if you have a better idea for what plan they should have done, tell me. Send me an email to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or a tweet to podbreakingdown. You could also tweet me at NathanBrown90. If you haven't yet, I'd love it if you could leave us a rating or a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, potty fans. I'm Charlotte. I'm Hannah. We're from Pocketful of Why podcast. We're good pals who met in college about a decade ago and have been through a bunch of stuff together and apart since. Join us every Friday for frank and frankly daft chats on stuff like practical self-care, relationships, being green, mental health, gender and queerness. We've been told our show is insightful and informative, strangely comforting, as an absolute delete, soothing, funny and thoughtful. What other accents even are there? Find us in all the podcast places and on Instagram at Pocketful of Why. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.